and welcome to episode 138 of Sutra Side Talk. I'm your host, Kamran Shushtar, and with me is... James Selig. And we are also joined by an awesome guest, Andreas. How's it going, guys? Dude, how are you doing? Very good. It's on this fine morning. Uh, the reason we got him here is because we are doing an episode on the book of Boba Fett, which just pretty much finished up this past week. And uh, if you want to talk a little bit about yourself, tell us where you're from. Sure thing. Uh, I'm a native Floridian and I am a narrative designer in the themed entertainment industry. So typically that's a job that is uh, seen in the games industry. But because I do interactive entertainment within theme parks, uh, that's kind of how I bridge the gap between the two worlds. Awesome, man. That's super cool. Thank you. Yeah, it's very fun and very daunting sometimes because it's like, <laughs> oh, I don't just have to go into Unity or Unreal and make this story work. I got to do it in real life. Uh, and it's, uh, it's, it's very, very fun. Real life stories. That's what I like to hear. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Otherwise, uh, James, how is your week going? Pretty good. Uh, usual work stuff, but also just like I went back to play uh horizon forbidden no frozen wilds i talked about that last week and i finally finished it and uh it's a good dlc and i'm super hyped for forbidden west coming out like literally this next week mm-hmm. i actually yesterday started new game plus for... so did i <laughs> yeah i was like i'm just gonna run through it fast <laughs> yeah i don't think i'll get through it but i'm just like oh, what am i gonna do in the meantime play more destiny <laughs> i probably sure. will <laughs> Andreas, have you been playing did you play horizon uh, I played it for a bit. The PC release was quite uh, strong. Really, really, really nice. Like, beautiful, beautiful stuff. Nice. So, yeah. Uh, it is pretty hot today in <laughs> February in San Francisco, which shouldn't be like this. Yeah, dude, whatever. I hate it. <laughs> it's too hot for February. It's, it's like 60 degrees. I'm like, nah, I can't do it. <laughs> it's <I'm> getting <laughs> close. To, it's been like 70s the last couple of days, yeah. and I think it'll be like that again later today at like... In like two hours, probably. I'm not but, a fan. Meanwhile, yeah. it's 80 degrees here. Um, yeah. So that's the thing. Like You're living in humid heat. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, living in the Bay Area just like ruins your ability to deal with weather in mm-hmm. general. It's funny. Um, when we went to the uh, Disney World Universal trip in September, uh, the Brandons and everyone else we were with were complaining about the humidity. They were like, "I can't deal with this," and I'm just there like. This is fine. I'm used to this. I was here for four years, <laughs> exactly. and I go and tell you, and I'm like, dude, like no one, no one can handle it. It's crazy. <laughs> it doesn't feel like true Pandora if you're not sweating bullets <laughs> and getting eaten by mosquitoes. You know, that is very true. Very true. Sounds like a fun time. Yeah. Fun thing is, like in my like, I close everything off here, so all all the air is cut off, which is why it turns into like a heat box for the next like hour to an hour and a half and then the minute we stop recording i'm like oh my god open the window open Fans the door on. open everything yeah <laughs> it's just killer but you know uh this week guys like i said book of Boba fett we also got a couple news pieces with uh another follow-up i know we've been talking about a lot of acquisitions lately but it's more of a follow-up on the activision blizzard xbox side for call of duty and then uh we got we got the jurassic world dominion trailer <laughs> uh which we'll, we'll talk about as well uh and then uh the rest of the month it's looking very television related because we couldn't do this and demon slayer entertainment district in the same episode that's too much so that'll be next week and then uh 
we'll do some Ted Lasso, Rick and Morty season five later on, followed by probably Horizon and uh, Witch Queen with a review of Season of the Lost as well. So a lot to talk about, but that's kind of what it's looking like pretty much the rest of February and probably early March as well. Uh, with that said, of course, this is Sutra Side Talk. Every week we talk about what we've been playing and watching, as well as uh, a couple news pieces here and there. Uh, ready to jump into the news, you guys? Yep. Absolutely. All right. And a uh, five-minute timer on for this one. But Ooh, first sure. off, uh, we got the follow-up, like I said, Activision and Xbox, or I guess more so Microsoft has announced that even after the current deals that Activision has with Sony, Call of Duty will remain multi-platform even longer. And not only that, but they plan on expanding Call of Duty to the Nintendo Switch. So that makes a lot of sense. I mean, that one of the reasons I didn't expect Call of Duty to go exclusive to Xbox is just like, there's no way they would make more money off of selling Xbox hardware with exclusive Call of Duty uh, titles than they would selling to PlayStation, let alone also Nintendo now. So it just makes sense they would try to sell it to as many people as possible because that that player base is just huge every year. Absolutely. Not to mention uh, Xbox sales are going to plummet pretty soon for Call of Duty. Why? Like Game Pass. If it's on Game Pass, uh, they're not going to buy it anymore. Yeah, but then so, they get all that Game Pass subscription money. It's very true. They're going to get uh, an uptick in Game Pass Ultimate probably, and then they'll still get all the PlayStation money, all the microtransactions from that, the ba- the season battle passes. I don't know mm. anymore which ones which anymore. And then uh, if they do that for Nintendo, that's even more moolah. So you know, there there that goes. Plus. I'm kind of curious, like, I know when Sony bought Bungie, I'm pretty sure the agreement was, like, Bungie was like, we get to stay multi-platform before they even go through with the deal. And full cross-platform as well. It was part of the deal. Yeah, and I I feel like also this was a good, like, hey, Microsoft, we're doing this, so you should, you know, also Uh, do... Maybe. Uh. I think it's a small thing, but I don't know if it's, you know, that's absolute, but it definitely feels like, hey... We can, if we keep buying stuff, we we don't necessarily have to stay exclusive anymore. Yeah, I guess it's totally in line with their, um, sorry, uh, no worries. kind of business strategy of being, you know, for the people, kind of by the people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, if you're going to make this big move, it's always about goodwill for Microsoft. And they've been slowly building that up year after year, and it's paying off dividends now for them, so... I, I don't see why not. Uh, another thing I wanted to bring up with the Switch news is I think a lot of people forget that with the acquisition of Activision, they now have all their mobile games. And Call of Duty Mobile is one of the oh, biggest yeah. earners in the entire world every year. So I, I think the Switch version will probably be that one because that is optimized for mobile platforms. And that it's, would make that. so much it's, sense. That makes absolute sense. Yeah. It's a good game, too. I honestly think it's better yeah. than the Call of Duty on console. It's very yeah. good. I, I have it on my phone. I downloaded it when it first came out, and I was like, wow, this is actually really good. Yeah, it's shockingly yeah, good. Crazy. I, I haven't read the article. There's an article, I think, about like Infinity Ward saying they are disappointed with how Warzone turned out. So I guess that would make sense why mobile would be potentially... And why are they making Warzone uh, 2? <laughs> yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Rumors. One thing, too, it's it's funny because, like, oh, that makes a lot more sense that it didn't even cross my mind that mobile could appear on the Switch because also 
you know, we're, we're not talking about it this week just because there's so much other stuff and maybe next week, depending on how things go. But the Nintendo Direct, like they showed a right. bunch of they're like, look at all these games we're getting. And it's like, dude, wasn't that on PS3 and 360? Like, exactly. <laughs> thank, you, thank you for bringing these in 10 years later. Uh, that gives you a real look at what the hardware can do. Yeah. You know, it, it kind of has those limitations, but mobile games and mobile engines, like I, I'm pretty sure um, Call of Duty's made in Unity, like the optimization paths that you can take, you know, I know from firsthand experience are pretty inc incredible. So I, I think we're going to see that a lot more in the future of just like, if I'm going to make a game for mobile, it's ready for Switch and PC as well. Yeah. And wasn't... Uh, for Fortnite on Switch, just as an example, is that crossplay with mobile or is that crossplay with consoles? It's it's crossplay with everything. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh, they still okay. I wasn't sure if they did Although like a you, separate cross. You can't play Fortnite on mobile anymore because of all the legal troubles they went. Well, through. Oh, that's not right. On, well, I know it's iPhone, not on iStore. Is iPhone. it on? Did they Both. take it off Android, Android too? Both of them have issues. Oh, yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah, that's a whole other topic. Oh, forgot about God. that. Okay, that's fine. All right. Uh, but I, I'm excited for this. Um, I mean, I like I said, I haven't really. I mean, I've said previous episodes, I haven't touched Call of Duty. I've installed everything uh, ever since all that stuff happened. But mm -hmm. I mean, all the allegations and everything else, I haven't touched a thing. But as if they fix everything and everything else, I'd probably be playing on PC uh, still. And if it's on PC Game Pass, that's probably the route I'm just going to go. And if it's crossplay, still, you know, win-win there. Mm -hmm. If needed, I can get it on PS5. But I doubt I'd do that just because I just have it on PC. So. That, that works for me personally uh next up guys we got that beautiful extravagant jurassic world dominion trailer <laughs> which it was interesting like, showed us a lot yeah i i was not expecting to want to see this one after fallen comedy Kingdom. the year fallen yeah it's just, <laughs> just like what is this movie but where's my bonus i'm gonna take this tooth they got yeah, me when uh alan grant and um the other scientists showed up I was ellie just, sattler ellie her name was yeah. ellie for some reason i thought i was wrong on that but i was just like oh my god they're all coming back <laughs> yeah i'm totally in i, I don't know uh, it still looks fun it's interesting because it feels like you know at the end of uh, Fallen Kingdom, they're like, oh, look, we let out like a dozen dinosaurs. And then now it's like, no, oh, we've everywhere. multiplied and there's like new species we didn't even have there that are just like all over the place. We got the we got the feathered dinos now. Which that was interesting. Crazy. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. unfortunate because this concept for this film specifically is so strong that I feel like the whole trilogy should have been around this. Yeah. A post-apocalyptic world overrun by dinosaurs. That would have been so, so much cooler. cool. Right. So I'm like, I, I kind of see this as almost like a Halo Infinite situation where <laughs> they're, they're starting something, even though they're saying that they're ending another trilogy. It feels like a beginning of something new. And I, I really do feel like they're probably going to wipe the slate clean. No more Chris Pratt, no more old characters. But we'll see a movie that's a sequel to this eventually. Yeah, sure. especially like um, I, I think they even said like, oh, this isn't the end of the uh franchise we're right. going even further from you there think they could do like, like oh. a show yeah tv's probably the way like to go. set yeah set in like a world where there's just like dinosaurs all over the place walking dead's about to end so it's a perfect time to take that mm -hmm. kind of slot over just curious where it'd go because it's like it would be peacock and i'm like how many people are gonna watch <laughs> peacock so it's very because universal that's that's where they'd go yeah but, I it was universal, uh, yeah 
I guess that would be an incentive to get Peacock at the same time. Then again, there is the Camp Cretaceous show on Netflix, so they could always just go there instead. Sure. Right. Uh, ironically, I don't know if people have watched that. I've said it before. I still have to watch the newest season, but it is actually better than both Jurassic World movies. Yes. Yeah. I you agree. keep recommending it to me. <laughs> I keep forgetting to watch it. Yeah. I. It's funny how these four and fives of just things in general now have not been doing good. Like it's just like weird. There, there's these new trilogies, and uh, I mean, obviously, Jurassic World kind of is like Force Awakens where you're like, exactly. oh, it's all the classic stuff revisited. I'm sure the next one will be great after that then, right? And then you get the next one and you're like, I fucking don't know what happened with yeah. anything. And I, I personally really enjoyed uh, Jurassic World, the, the first one of this trilogy. And it was safe. It, it was safe and easy. Yeah. Yeah. And then the second one was just like off the rails insane. <laughs> Yeah, no, that one was just, it didn't make any sense. Why did the, rap- uh, the raptor thing, like, look at the camera and smile? That, I mean, honestly, I'm glad they did that because the re- it saved that movie for me personally. Like, a lot, majority of the stuff in that movie wasn't even interesting until they did that. And I'm like, okay, you have my attention now. <laughs> but I'm curious to see, like, how the actual quality will be of the film. Because obviously, they're like, you could see everyone's together. They're like, oh, look, it's... Uh, uh, Neil, um, shit, what's Sam Neil? Sam Neil. Uh, Sam Neil and Chris Pratt together and all of them together. And I'm hoping, like, seeing all these different dinos. And I think they showed, like, that prologue where the T Rex just gets its ass beaten by a bigger, uh, yeah. uh carnivore. Mm-hmm. Like, I want to see something like that. I think it was called, like, the Gigarex or something. But, uh, I want to, I honestly think that was his name. I could be wrong. Uh, I used to, I used to know dinosaurs. But uh, I used to read those books. I, I'm I'm hoping it's good enough where I don't have to call it a comedy of the year. Like that's my hope for the movie, at least. I it did like the to tone of this trailer. Yeah. It didn't seem so like comedic. Although the they didn't really sell the last one as a comedy either. It was just like, oh my god, we got to save these yeah. dinosaurs. This one felt we like got- an adventure story, whereas the second one was very tragic for the sake of being tragic like oh so sad that dinosaurs are falling off this cliff yeah <laughs> and, it, and it's like oh it's so sad that this girl is a, a clone of dino wait what okay i'm out oh yeah 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 once i saw her i was like well okay the whole thing is like they're alive just like me like mm-hmm. i wanted the and- indoraptor when it snuck into a room to be like we're not so different you and i we could rule oh this my God. takes his monocle off <laughs> cut to like jurassic park three or just like alan's like nightmare in the in the plane oh, yeah. the alan, like, alan. <laughs> <laughs> wake up alan we're here uh, <laughs> like that'd be so stupid uh they should let me direct one i'm gonna make it horrible <laughs> all right uh, but any other uh words on the trailer no nah, i'm like it looks good so far but i'm not really like jazzed for this one i guess it's our big summer blockbuster. Not book. enough guns. That's it, yeah. It, oh yes, of course. Just make it aliens, but with dinosaurs. Not enough guns. That's all I have to say. Oh my god! I actually <laughs> want that to be the next one after this. Is just like aliens show up to collect the exactly. dinosaurs. Don't know. We already. That's like fucking Transformers already, dude. I don't. Want, I don't want that again. We had Cowboys versus Aliens. Now we could do Dinosaurs versus Aliens. <laughs> I should watch that again. That was fun. All right. Uh, time for the Book of Boba Fett, and of course, guys. You know, if we're talking about it here, there's going to be spoilers already. 
enough said for that. Uh, for this, though, we have some specific topical questions followed by pretty much like kind of the arcs we got, which were kind of like three different ones for the most part. Uh, and we'll go through those kind of like piece by piece. But the, the first question I presented was more so the setting itself. Is the desert or Tatooine overplayed at this point uh, in time? Which are, are, I didn't ask these because these are what I think. It's more of like these topics have come up a lot online. I yeah, think. no, I mean, the, they do keep going back to not just Tatooine, but like desert planets. Like in uh, Force Awakens, they had Jakku, which is... You, I, if you did not tell me that it was a different planet, I would have thought it was Tatooine. Just a different right. part of it. And Rise of Skywalker as well had a crazy yeah. sand useless sequence as well. The colors. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But yeah, uh, I don't know. I just I think that Tatooine is already such an interesting place because it's like the concept of a planet that's on the outer rim of the galaxy. It's so far away from the central authorities that like that's where all like crime lords go to stay away from like prying eyes of the government or whatever to as far as far as they can get anyway like i think it's it makes sense it's a cool place and it would make sense for if you're gonna do a story about boba fett specifically maybe it would go there because he's got a lot of history with that planet specifically so it never really bothered me that this whole show was on tatooine but i could see how a lot of people are like man there's like a whole galaxy out there just do another place maybe yeah, I, I'm I'm kind of in the same boat where, like, from a logistics standpoint, it makes complete sense because all of these productions are happening at the same exact time. So you've got Obi-Wan, Mandalorian Season 2, and Boba Fett were all in production, you know, one after the other. So it's like once you put the time into making these assets, both digital and physical sets, it's like I got to keep using them, right? It's the same reason game sequels yeah. have a lot of reused stuff, uh, a lot of years saved on that. So it's like... If you're going to do it, at least make it interesting. And, and you know, not to get too far ahead, but I, I personally think they at least, like you were saying, uh, James, made it interesting because it has a lot of backwater history, for sure. Yeah, I I think for me, I think deserts are overplayed, but just because in terms of desert planets in general, but Tatooine itself, I feel, isn't explored that much. Like we've gotten it, of course, you know, episode one episode two mm-hmm. episode four six and it's more of just oh the character is here and they're just doing their thing in the huts and that's about it you see Mos Eisley, you see the pod racing uh yeah uh, mm-hmm. area and then you see Jabba's palace and the sarlacc pit and you're like all right that's it that's it we're gone you don't get anything else until i want to say was it kotor one or two that talks about Tatooine and like how the Tuscans were. I think you go in uh, Kotor one, but I I would not be the person to don't, don't call me on that. But they pretty much, they're the ones that talk about how the, the Tuscan Raiders used to be an advanced people until the, wasn't it until the water left or something? Yeah. Yeah, They lost everything. Tatooine used to be like a lush, like tropical planet or I don't know about tropical, but like it, it was like, it wasn't a desert planet. And yeah, so like the history behind the Tuscan Raiders and the Jawas is super interesting because they somehow both are native species to Tatooine and they just both adapted to the like the changing of the climate in different ways. And like the as I understand it, the Jawas 
retreated underground and that's why they like have those like hoods and they're like constantly like shaded because they're used to dark environments uh and the uh tuscan raiders adapted to living on the sands and so like i know one of the questions you wanted to get to later was like the split between the um uh the flashbacks and the current stuff but like that was one of the things I liked about this season was that they we did get to see more about the Tuscan Raiders like culture and like how they survive in the desert. I thought that was kind of cool. Yeah, and these things I feel like were the reason why Tatooine should be used more often just because it's fun to actually explore the planet and see how much there is instead of just going there for a second and go, wow, mm-hmm. what a spectacle, and then you bounce and never see it again. Like, when was the last time we saw Bespin, for example? Right. Uh, mm-hmm. there, there's so much you can really explore and, you know, Tatooine, I feel like at the same time, we'll get very crowded, very fast considering now we have Obi-Wan coming in that one, but, uh, True. there's still a little bit more. I think you can, you can explore before we kind of not shelve it, but kind of put it in the rear view and be like, we'll come back to it again, but we don't need to be here that often anymore. I, I think um, you touched on this Cameron, but it's really a testament to what type of storytelling you can do now. Like I cannot be more happy that star Wars is now a serialized story instead of it being these small contained films. Like, yeah, they, they were all kind of linked to each other, but you didn't really get time to sink your teeth into everything. As someone who's read almost all of the star Wars books, starting from 1995, when they did shadows of the empire, it was like 97 or something like that. I always knew that there's that stuff. And I wondered like, man, if everyone could hear these stories, because they're all so interesting, it would be phenomenal. So, you know, whatever, two decades later, three decades later, we're finally getting that. And it's just like, yeah, no more movies, please. Let's just keep doing these deeper, longer tales. No, very much so. It's crazy when you look back at the Skywalker saga of movies, it literally is planet hopscotch the movie, mm-hmm. each movie, to the point where, oh, yeah. you know, you ask me and I'm like, oh, yeah, Hoth is my favorite. I love the Battle of the Hoth. And that's like in the first 15 minutes and then you're gone and you never see it again. And you're like, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's my favorite part. Uh, seeing it now, like we're potentially just seeing Tatooine as the first hit here makes me excited because I, I do want to see new planets, but I'm also more interested now in revisiting all the planets we did see in the Skywalker saga and being like, hey, do you want to check out, like, maybe not Naboo, but do you want to check out, like, uh, <laughs> fucking Hoth and Bespin? Coruscant, and... man. I think Coruscant's yeah, course... the next one. We, I, I think eventually the story that was going to be 1313 will get a show about Coruscant Underworld. That would be cool. That'd be cool. Like, Coruscant yeah. is such an interesting place. You could do so many stories there. Right. I mean... For those that don't know, George Lucas had a 50 episode uh, all scripted, all ready to right. go. <laughs> For real? Underground. Yeah. It was called, I think, Underground or Underworld series, a live action TV show where it would take place in the underbelly of Coruscant. Oh. And I saw footage of it. It looked pretty fucking good. The reason he was waiting because he wanted more affordable, but still high tech uh equipment basically for technology for everything and then disney bought them and i don't think they were like they were probably like no, that, dude. so more skywalker saga well we, we we already saw what they wanted to do in the beginning and hop, ha- happily things are changing for the better at least so far i think maybe. yes but uh yeah interesting on that part uh the next thing was boba fett himself 
does the man live up to the hype of the persona we've had since empire strikes back i don't know for me like i don't think he ever got to as badass of a moment as in the mandalorian season two where he just like wiped out an entire (laughs) battalion of stormtroopers and you like the music in that scene was just like such a good like pair to it but it's just like it literally made me go like oh this is why this guy is the most feared bounty hunter in the galaxy and as cool as this season was and like i liked his character in it he didn't seem as like indestructible as in that one scene in the mandalorian but like i don't know it i again overall i liked his character in this season which to point out really fast that episode from mandalorian was also the one directed by robert rodriguez Mm -hmm. as well Mm -hmm. who was the showrunner for this one for for me again as someone who's read the books i'm going to keep bringing this up I know that Disney's wiped that canon clean and they're now picking and choosing what they want from the old canon to bring into this new canon. Um, I I think it was a really nice choice for them to kind of wipe the slate clean. I, I had a feeling of who Boba Fett was through all the books and the comics and the games, but that's not the one that they presented in the show. And I really liked the way they decided to go with it, where it's like a man who is kind of driven by rage they, they imply that the death of his father was a big moment in his life because he lost that figure so early on. So the whole show's kind of undercurrent is about finding your family, found family, finding mentor figures, becoming a mentor figure, and seeing his journey and his inner conflict of being a killer versus someone who's responsible for other safety. I, I really enjoyed that element. And I, I think it lived up to that. Whether or not that's the hype that you are looking for, it's the for me the introspective kind of story that I was looking for out of this like one note Clint Eastwood inspired you know no talking character from the original trilogy. Yeah, one of my favorite lines in the season was like, someone asked Boba like, "Why are you even like doing all of this right now?" He's like, and he said, "One of the things I learned from the Raiders like you only get so far without a tribe." Mm-hmm. And I was like, "That's a cool line." Yeah, and all you had to do is kill fat. Uh... Fat yeah, Fortuna, <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I got my family from this. But no, I I agree, and especially uh, looking back at the books, personally, I never read mo- many of them. Uh, I've actually only listened to the zombie ones, uh, yeah. Red Harvest and Death Troopers. I have a bunch on Audible ready to go, and it's all like the X Wing, yeah, Shadow, and Bronze stuff. But uh, I used to wiki the shit out of. <laughs> all that stuff and i know like he became mandalore he had a daughter who wanted to kill him who took mm-hmm. his armor uh he accidentally saved han at a certain he point he teams was up like, with han Fuck. for like five <laughs> yeah. books and they're like friends by the end it's really weird he's like i will stop trying to kill you now uh, i think it was also during like the yuzong bomb yes shit, that's right? what that's when it was and then han becomes his daughter's like mentor figures because he lost his son or whatever it was very silly but interesting too anyways which son? He loses both sons. I know, right? Spoiler. <laughs> yeah, spoilers from the like. <laughs> oh my god! But yeah, so he he has like a full life. It's just like kind of with Luke, except with Luke, it's you know that we we're not going to talk about Luke. What happened with him? But uh, there, it, it is interesting to have a, a complete new start, especially because that does get a little too deep. And if you're not going to do it with the main character of the franchise then it wouldn't make sense to do it with Boba Fett either right like that would that would make less sense as well uh but 
in terms of living up to the legend, I think at least from Mandalorian, it showed that he did. And then here you get like, oh, this dude's still pretty fucked up. It's like every episode, uh, someone beats the shit out of him mm-hmm. and he has to go back to the back to tank. And it's like, well, I was already trying to recover anyway. Yeah. But he is also older compared to the way he was in Empire. Like you could even see Tamara Morrison's like, you know, I got a little bit extra packed in there. Uh, the armor is a little bit more uh, displayed out there as much compared to the original version. Well, he's also wearing like a robe underneath it too. That is very true. He's also wearing a robe. I mean, he's still pretty fit. I do like but... that they like kind of worked in his time with the Tuscan Raiders like into how his like get up is now, I guess. Right. It's part oh of no, that identity. made perfect sense. Yeah, you just see him in Mandalorian you're just like, what the fuck? Yeah. I don't know why, but I'm happy about it. I don't know why it's happening, but cool. Yeah, uh, but otherwise, I, d- I do think, in a way, it lives up to the hype, but also the hype created behind him was also hype that was kind of insane to begin with, considering, like, all we had from him was Empire, and he just kind of says, he's now good to me, dead, and mm. then he flies into a fucking pit, and then you also see him in a horrid thing where he's animated, which was actually cool, but it's just, you know, everything else was... No one talks about the Christmas special. Um, so, you know, good enough for me. Yeah. Definitely good enough. Uh, next up, the combination of using flashbacks in modern time of what's going on, that kind of splinter there with pacing. Uh, how did you guys feel about that? Uh, like I meant, as much as I mentioned, I enjoyed the... Um seeing the culture of the Tusk Invaders and stuff. Like, it was cool to flesh out that people. But, like, I don't know. It just felt like there was... It went on for a while. Like, it, the pacing for this show was weird for me because it, it... For a long time, I was just like, okay, what's the point? And, like, w- like what is this all building to? And, like, the, uh, I mean, the last episode was super cool, but even still, I'm just like, okay, so... Boba Fett is just like the head of this town now. Was that the point of everything? I don't know. And like, also by the end of the uh, season, I had like almost forgotten about the Tuscan Raider stuff because it really just felt like explaining this is how he got to where he was in the Mandalorian, and it was cool, but maybe not necessarily necessary to go on for like several episodes. Mm. So I personally um, really enjoyed the the way they kind of went back and forth. I I agree with you in some ways where I actually like the Tuscan Raider stuff the most, hmm. and I wanted more of that. And I thought it was really abruptly ended. That, and that it does and that, feel like an end. And that and that was a very strange choice. I get I get that they had a certain limit of what they were able to do as far as time and episode and money, but. It, it, it's almost like if you want to tell this beautiful story, because I really do think it was poignant and and kind of contained, then give it what it needs. Like by episode two, at the end of that, like the whole train sequence and everything, it was so cool to me because mm-hmm. there's no Jedi, there's no lightsabers, there's no crazy force. There's just three people fighting a, a runaway train, you know, very old West kind of stuff that was, it was a nice little adventure moment. And then it just stops after that. And it's like, I think we could have done with maybe one more episode of full Tuscan stuff just to kind of fully round it out. Um, mm. But as far as back and forth goes, seeing it as a whole, I do believe that if 
they had just kind of made it chronological, it would have probably settled better with more people. Maybe. Maybe that would have made more sense to me. Yeah. Because, yeah, me, like, now that you mention it, it did, like, the Tusken Raider stuff, like, maybe the reason why I forgot about it by the end of the season was because it ended so abruptly. Right. I mean, so, for me, it's like, uh, if you, I guess if you did divide it up, it would have felt a little weird because you would have seen that whole flashback and it probably would have lasted, I guess, like, probably two episodes, most likely. And that whole time you're probably watching it, you'd be wondering... Well, what happened after you shot Fat Bib Fortuna? Like, what's going on there? Yeah. And you'd be questioning it until you get to, like, potentially then a third episode. So three weeks in, then you'd finally be like, oh, okay, cool, finally, all right. But I think it's weird because I, I agree, too, where the Tuscan story was probably my favorite part of the show. It was the most interesting, probably the most invested, because you kind of just see that journey commence, and it's just right. always constant but then like you get to the rest of the regular episode and you're like wait how much time is left and <laughs> it ends and you're like oh that was that was barely anything yeah and it felt weird because by the end of the series you only really get one episode that's the modern stuff and it's the finale and it's just interesting seeing how little it actually really takes over the entire show like in terms of the balance of how much is probably done it almost felt like it, it barely because I, honestly the tuscan story outlived the modern story in each episode they were both in right or at least yeah that's what it, it was like. more mm -hmm. screen time was devoted to that that narrative for sure and having that one finale episode kind of balanced it out i guess in terms of the length of time and then, of course, we have the other two episodes that were not even focused on Boba Fett at all. That was so and weird. <laughs> it almost makes it so they're equally charged with time, which is interesting. When it, it, you know, it is called like the Book of Boba Fett, which I guess leaves room for like, it doesn't necessarily have to be about this one thing. It's kind of like different types of stories in one thing or one book. So I guess that does fit. But at the same time, I was disappointed with the lack. Like I said, Tuscan stuff is my favorite part of it. But I was disappointed with the lack of present day time and focus on Boba Fett and what he was doing there. Yeah. Overall. Yeah. yeah. I mean, especially with the, the two Mandalorian episodes, it just after a while, I was like, why is this the book of Boba Fett? Because it seems which, like there's not much focus on what Boba Fett's doing in the current time for this which, show. Which, which brings in the uh, next thing, which I think works in with it perfectly. Mandalorian season 2.5. <laughs> was it unnecessary or did it fit in well with everything else? I, I really... So, no, you, uh, you go. Okay. I really enjoyed those two episodes. I thought they were really cool. But it did feel really jarring to finish an episode of Boba Fett. And then the next week, start up the next episode. And I literally was like, 10 minutes in, I was like... Did I accidentally click onto the Mandalorian or something? Did, am I watching an episode I accidentally missed or something? Because I li it literally was just an episode about the Mandalorian, which again, really cool. And I was shocked how many things they set up for this that I thought that they were just going to be like breadcrumbs to make you like want to see what happens in Mandalorian season three. 
but they just answered them all in this season. <laughs> uh, so I don't know. As much as I enjoyed them, I don't think they really felt like they fit into this season. Like, it felt like a really long detour just to have Fennec Shand show up at, at the end of one of them and be like, hey, I got a job for you. Can you help? He's like, yeah, sure. Which I just want to say really fast. I think that is probably why you forgot about the, you didn't have as much recollection of the Tusken Raiders storyline was also because that, Mandalorian, two episodes of right, that probably right. threw that off That's a, a good lot. point. Yeah. For me, it was really the filmmakers making a statement, maybe Disney as well, going, you know, I, I've been kind of keeping up with the Marvel stuff, but to mo- for the most point, they're pretty self-contained stories, but this is them making a statement going, if you want to keep up with Star Wars, you have to watch every single episode. I also personally, this is a personal experience, I know a lot of people around me who were not interested in watching this show until episode five came out all the tiktoks all the instagram posts started spoiling stuff and they said well now i gotta watch the whole thing because it seems like this is kind of this intertwined narrative that's being written so to me it's a very intelligent move was it elegant no i don't think it was elegant whatsoever but this is a good testing bed for these kinds of weirder things it's like okay mandalorians are super polished pristine narrative that we're telling with this character that you like know and love this whole cast of characters and if we make these little side stories, little six episodes, seven episode books, so to speak, we can kind of play around with it and do weirder things. And, and you know, whether or not this experiment pays off uh, or continues is, is to be seen. But um, that's what it seemed like to me as far as why they're doing it this way. It's, it's more of a keep your Disney Plus subscription because that's one of their biggest issues yeah. right now is keeping people on board. They'll just keep it for the three months and then turn it off, you know. That makes sense. And especially like uh, looking at this where <laughs> I think it's the funniest thing, especially we did an episode on Mandalorian season two and we had talked all about it. And by the end of it, we're like, it's going to be interesting seeing season three where uh, Jin doesn't even have Grogu with him. And it's going to be like focused <laughs> yeah. on Mandalore and all this shit. And I think it's the funniest thing in the world that you're going to get the season three and it's going to feel like that end of season two didn't even, it's just like, oh yeah. yeah. Oh, what the fuck? If you didn't watch Boba Fett, you're going to be like, how the fuck is he already back? And it's yeah. like, oh, you didn't miss, you missed those two episodes where he came back and they did a thing and it was done in another show. And you're going to be like, it's also comfortable though. Like I really do feel like star Wars is in this place where they tried making people comfortable by showing them, Han Solo, Princess Leia, X-Wings, like stuff that we've seen already. And that was the only thing that they were doing. Now it's like, okay, we can branch out a bit, but the comfort comes from seeing the things you know and love that we've already presented to you that are new. So it's like the Mandalorian and Grogu are this comforting thing. I know so many people who are like, if Grogu wasn't in this show, I would never watch the Mandalorian. <laughs> so he has to be there when season three starts, because I think a lot of people will be like, ah, Grogu's not here. Tell me when he shows up and then I'll start watching the Mandalorian season three. Now they don't have to do that. Right. Interesting. Yeah. That's what I thought was, that's what I was thinking when they did this because you know, it, it, it's crazy because I really, you know, I love Grogu. Don't get me wrong, but he's not the interesting part of the series for me at all. Um, I know that's how they get a lot of other people in and that's how those people watch. That's the reason why they watch Star Wars, but I've always, you know, enjoyed Star Wars for Star Wars, uh, and the Western field of Mandalorian and everything else. 
but it's crazy that they had that i mean i could be wrong but it just feels crazy that they had that little faith that even in a few episodes of mandalorian season three without grogu that the numbers would drop that immensely yeah and they needed them back just by doing it in between another show yeah it's just have people bought on for it it's the divide between business and storytelling. It's a it's a yeah. very interesting line to walk. And I think Filoni, with his years of working on Star Wars stories and, you know, being canceled, being renewed, being canceled over and over, I think he's kind of learned a thing or two. And then Favreau obviously has immense industry knowledge. So there's like a nice pairing there where they're making something that's working so far, I think. Yeah, no, he he's doing a, you know, it's funny, like everyone talks about like, you know, just give Filoni and Favreau the helm of Star Wars, just give him Lucasfilm, like let them just take mm-hmm. over, <laughs> uh, which, you know, I personally com- completely agree with. But uh, it, I think overall it did take away from Boba Fett just having those two Mandalorian episodes. Ironically, like watching those episodes, I had a smile on the entire fucking time. I was so excited. Oh, yeah. Right. And it's, especially just because when they, they hint at it in season in episode four, they're like, oh, we I, I can call a friend and you hear his music come on. And you're like, yeah. oh, he's going to show up in the next episode and they'll like start figuring <laughs> this shit out. And then it's not even that. They're just like, no, he's that he is the next episode. Mm-hmm. And that's Dude, it. And you're like, I love that Mando's what? been to Halo, though. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah, that was that was interesting. Uh, uh, that was something uh, for but sure. Yeah, one of the things that they set up in episode, I guess, five um, that I was like, Oh, surely this is just like a hint at Mando season three was Luke going like, okay, I got this thing from your buddy Mando and I got Yoda's lightsaber. Which one are you going to choose? And I, and it was very clearly like, does Grogu st- like, you know, forsake the Mandalorian and learn to be a Jedi or does he go back to the Mandalorian? And I thought for sure they were, we were going to find out how that, Ha- like which one he chooses in Mandalorian season three, and if he chooses Jedi, then if they keep him in the no. show, they were yeah they were gonna have like the show maybe split between what Mandalorian the Mando is doing on Mandalore and you know what Grogu is doing with with Luke setting up the new Jedi Academy. They hit, they hit the uh, triple speed fast. Yeah, and nope, like literally the next episode, Grogu shows up with the. I love the Beskar chainmail like shirt. Like that was pretty great. But you know, I was just like, oh, I guess I guess that's what he chose. Yeah. It it reminded me, funny enough, of I was just thinking like, oh, just have the Rancor act like the cave troll in fellowship and just try to <laughs> poke him through the chest and be like, that's what a spirit of wild boar then you'll open it's like, oh me thrill shit. That's then crazy. I man. Turned it off. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> no, he's gonna someone's gonna try to kill Grogu with a lightsaber. I think that's a pretty good uh uh kind of for- prophecy, Cameron, that that he's gonna stop a lightsaber with that male and it's gonna be crazy. Yeah. And the interesting like I keep saying interesting but the thing about all this too was like we get to that episode in six where Mando goes to that cool lush planet and it's where Luke's new academy is going to be and you see Ahsoka there and everything else and of course they're like oh you want to see what Ahsoka is going to do next tune mm-hmm. into the Ahsoka show yep. and you're like oh yeah and they just cast Thrawn I think and shit it's all connected and, <laughs> who knew uh, and then of course it's basically a giant like Hey, Mando season three, Ahsoka season premiere coming and stuff. But having Luke there 
that whole time too like uh Dude, the cg on on luke was insane yeah which i, I feel like we'll, we'll talk more about when we get to the full mando arc but just saying like is the way they do that too when they have grogu leave and go back with mando as expensive as grogu probably is imagine how expensive luke is absolutely and like well if we mm-hmm. take away luke now you know you saw you got your luke you're all happy with your luke right and we could we could put him away and take him back out for christmas or something like that that's definitely how i felt watching that and seeing that by the end but uh overall like you said uh was it elegant no was is it understandable yes mm-hmm. uh, especially for the fact that that makes 20 times more sense where it which is crazy because i'm like yo boba fett should be getting enough viewers by just his name alone yeah you would think. boba fett but it, of course that's the older generations probably from the 90s exactly. and maybe early 2000s at the best that's a good whereas point. mandalorian is the modern day where he is the only disney star wars thing that is good yeah they put him and grogu in. in Fortnite. yeah exactly what oh shit they, yeah i don't i don't need it i, I got i got them both. i got the full beskar armor it's pretty great <laughs> yeah oh do you now <laughs> <laughs> but yeah so. uh but yeah so it's personally i wouldn't have done that just because but I'm, I'm not looking at it through a business perspective i'm looking at it through a story perspective of like I, it's funny looking at how Rodriguez probably had it going and then they're like, well, you can do all this stuff. And then these two, you know, Bryce Dallas Hollywood were coming, which she did a great job, by the way. But right. like, uh, th- you know, we'll do this and it'll be like a fun little thing there. And I was like, all right, that's fine. But it takes away from Boba Fett's story. And that's at least that's how I perceive it personally. Um, and which I think that re- pretty much answered the question for the most part unless you guys have anything additional but does uh mandalorian's heavy inclusion diminish that of boba fett's as a final word i think from my perspective i I liked it a lot i don't think it diminishes boba fett because his arc was basically almost complete before they even got to the mandalorian part so it's basically just like a nice to have kind of thing where they, I think someone mentioned this earlier where he could have just shown up and they fought that final battle and it would have kind of played out the same way. Yeah. And then some, someone probably said, why, why not extend this thing instead of making it a long movie? Let's make it a really long movie and give people what they, what they're kind of craving. So, yeah, I, I would agree. It doesn't feel like a diminishes Boba's story. It's for me, it's more like a detour. Cause yeah, like if he had just, if Fennec had just been like, hey, I know how who we can buy or who we can hire to as you know, reliable muscle, and then the Mando shows up in the next episode, and then they go on to the final fight, like it would have been the exact same show, pretty much. Mm-hmm. It's pretty much like an anime uh when they do a big battle in the in the middle, they're like, here's two yeah. flashback episodes, and you're like, <laughs> exactly. yeah. fuck. <laughs> That's basically yeah. what it felt like is is just like a side detour thing. Okay. And it was enough where I guess when you do a that type of thing and half the time you're like please don't do this to me i want to see what's going on right now don't take me away from what's going on this is that very rare time where you're okay with it and you're enjoying what they're showing you instead of like taking you back to where it currently was yeah uh all right so getting into the storylines themselves the first off was the sand people story like pretty much the flashback storyline 
uh, Boba Fett's inclusion with the Sand People. Uh, how are your overall just like feelings on it? Like this is more like I guess reviewing these arcs as like just standalone for each yeah. arc specifically. I think I, I think I mentioned earlier that like I did enjoy the Sand People thing. It's just as as regrettable as it is that by the end of this like well at least by the time Mando shows up I had like almost forgotten it because they it like we said it ended so abruptly I I am very much one of those people who I love lore so giving me more about like the backstory well not exactly backstory the same people we didn't really get that but just like learning more about their culture and fleshing out like what how they survive in the desert as opposed to literally the earlier Star Wars movies where it's just like they were just people that lived in the desert and fucked with people and rode banthas. <laughs> that was basically it. That's all Shot we knew about racers. <laughs> yeah. So like it's cool to see they're more complicated than that and stuff like that. Also it makes you feel really bad about uh Anakin just like slaughtering an entire Absolutely. village of them. <laughs> Well, I mean, he wasn't just killing the men. He also, I'm pretty sure, <laughs> yeah. killed the and women. The, the women and children, children too. Heard, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Honestly, I'm surprised there's not a robot chicken sketch of just Sam people waking up and being like, oh, hey, Earl, how are you doing today? Oh, you're going to the big game? Oh, I'm so pumped for it. Who are you going for? I'm going for this person. And they get onto the thing and just start shooting at the people they're going for uh, in the pod <laughs> race. Like, that would have been great. Um, but, Andreas, how'd you feel? Uh, so, as I mentioned before, Sam people's storyline was my favorite part of the whole show because it really indicated to me that this was going to be more of a character piece for Boba Fett, where it's like, okay, he's almost reborn. Like, you get this Phoenix moment. He comes out of the Sarlacc. We all know that happens. That's one of the few things that everyone kind of knows that he survives the Sarlacc pit. Um, but get, you really get to learn who he is as a person by having him interact with people who he can't just talk to. Like, that was a really intelligent uh, storytelling device I feel like where it's like okay there's this language divide so how does his actions play into you know who he is as a person and how do these people treat him there's this mutual respect there's this survival instinct that's very obvious at first and then it just kind of blossoms from there to what I think the second episode is one of my favorite things I've ever seen in Star Wars just from beginning to end of him learning the martial arts technique getting the lizard in his face that was super funny. forging was his funny. own blade his own gaffy stick like it, it, it especially since that i have to mention this this the forge where he makes the gaffy stick is based off one of my favorite ralph mccrory paintings so so cool to see that brought to life in actual canon star wars uh i, I could have uh, watched a ton of it. the painting from it was just one of ralph mccrory's concept pieces for tatooine like in, in general. And all the most Espa stuff was based off of episode one concept art that they had done years ago. So seeing most Espa, those giant shots, I was so elated because I love that art book. So That's to check it out cool. at some point. Yeah, there's like all this stuff that they've been building for years that we've never gotten to see. So this whole show for me was a lot of those nice little tidbits. And the, the Tusken Raider story was just phenomenal. And it's sad because unfortunately, you know, it's going to go bad. And I, and I just think that that moment, that's the only part I didn't like, is that when he finds them all and they've been slaughtered, it was sad, but it just it just ended. And, and, and was, that was it, you know? So uh, that was my only gripe with the whole thing. I, I could have taken five more episodes of him just chilling with those guys and yeah. messing with people and s spice smugglers and stuff. Okay. Definitely. Personally, I, I agree. 
the flashbacks were my favorite part because of the whole regrowth storyline mm-hmm. and just seeing him pretty much just get stronger. Like you think about like how strong he was before and then you realize like, oh, this is him before that Stormtrooper Massacre episode where he just literally killed everyone and you're seeing him grow into that uh capable warrior because i like when you watch that episode you see him use the uh what was the what is their rifle called again or their their spear the gaffy um, stick the gaffy stick yeah. um you see him use that on stormtroopers and shit and he's just like taking them out left and right and you're just like oh my god and especially like his face he's just like ah <laughs> um which is so fucking good but uh watching that whole journey and especially like you get the clan chief tuscan raider you get the like high warrior who's pretty much like the one who's been training him the whole time right you have the kid who is learning like they becoming friends and the kid like relies on him and actually kind of idolizes him at a certain point which is pretty hilarious you have um of course the award-winning rodian who gets choked out and thrown into nothingness, yeah. which I thought was pretty funny that there was just a roadie in there in, the, in general. Um, like watching that whole tribe of them and having unique uh, ways of showing who's who. Like, you know, when you look at the Tuscan Raiders, at least in episode three, in episode, no, episode two and episode four, you know, they look exactly the same and they're right. like, well, how do we do it this time? And it's like, oh, we'll give this one like a cool little black cloak. And this one you give like a medallion and shit and he's a little bit heftier than the others. You could tell he's like the leader and stuff. He probably eats the most because uh, the leaders get usually the most and whatnot. Um, Even then, that- e- e- this tribe you could tell was different from the ones from those movies as well, mm-hmm. which was yeah. a really nice detail to your point. And. The cool thing about that is they remind you, like, it's just like anything else with any uh, species or race or whatever. They're not all the same. Like, each tribe is going to be different. And who knows how those tribes interact with each other, too. Which, that was one thing I actually wanted that we didn't get. Mm -hmm. I kept thinking, oh, he's going to find the other tribes and he's going to, like, unite some of them. And they're going to help in the That would have been so cool. I was waiting for that. And I I won't lie, you know, of course it didn't happen. It was never hinted at. But I, I... think that would have been a very good addition and i think um well i'll talk about it later but uh regarding a, a season two and stuff but uh just seeing that one tribe made me go okay the story of the same people isn't done and there's a lot more we could see and when you think about it too like okay Masa, not Masa, uh, Tatooine, you think sand people you think the people living in like mas espa mas Eisley and stuff uh mas was it pelgo that becomes freetown mm-hmm. yeah. yeah um and you have pretty much like whoever lives in a bar and <laughs> in a cantina and shit. And, like those are the three main uh, branches besides like, of course, you know, the Jabba palace and stuff, which we learn now is not as important. I mean, now that Boba Fett's in it, it's not a big faction that you think of as much compared to like Jabba because Jabba was sprawling and Boba Fett, you're watching him grow. So it's going to be like something you already know is going to be shown Whereas, like, these other areas are more in focus and you could see what happens with them now. Right. Um, but just seeing how they function, how they get little weird gourds from the ground in the sand yeah, and they're the like, oh, this is our mountains. water source. Yeah. And how they use 
here's a lizard it goes in you lizard make you so think weird. crazy and it came back out too it's the vision <laughs> quest yeah you gotta have a yeah desert I thought that was part quest. of the vision that was so fucking good that was such a when you watch that scene you're just like oh it is a, oh shit what the yeah. fuck i just love his like his initial like it got me a lizard thank you <laughs> god that was He's so like sand <laughs> and then um that fucking sand monster I, I don't. Oh yeah, the, that was interesting. The Ray Harryhausen creature from. Yeah, because <laughs> at first you see it and you're like, "Yo, they can't have a second crate dragon. That'd be fucking insane." And they're like, "No, it's this. No, uh, it's like a weird centaur fucking, thing." Go- was that a Goro from uh, uh, Mortal Kombat? You know. Yeah, that was. Yeah, that was <laughs> hella weird. The way he was, I was like, "I've seen you before, haven't I?" Um, which I also, you know, seeing all the Mal- Ralph Macquarie stuff from years ago come to fruition just like you know in rebels we got a uh, zeb's yeah. uh species which was originally the chewbacca uh concept like seeing everything come to use has been very very cool especially just it's like if they took unused alan lee uh sketches from tolkien right. and then we're like oh here you go make something out of this i'd be like it'd be sick <laughs> like yeah that. there's so much yeah. unused stuff or it's it, it's one of those things where if it's so good and it's already there, why not use it? So this is just the perfect opportunity. There's so many good uses for it. And I think, like, I feel like we'd never get that without Dave Filoni. Like, he's the one that's really right. like, hey, we could use this. We could use that. Like, yeah. Or he tells everyone, like, hey, why don't we look in the pa- Like, we have all this. We have a giant library of all this existing stuff. Why don't we use it? And it's just been great watching all that unfold and the cool thing is like you know when you see someone that's a great architect for something like uh i mean not as good but you know when you see jj abrams doing the star trek movies you're enjoying them and you're like wow these are really fun and then they're like oh star wars got him he's gone you're like oh oh, okay i guess someone else to do star trek then dave filoni is already in the highest possible place like there's nothing that could pull you from star wars i feel like it's like well what's higher than star wars like that is what you get pulled to do you don't get pulled from that like we saw he worked on other stuff before that uh, i think he worked on like avatar and stuff yeah. but like um he there's nowhere they can't steal him no one could steal him i don't think i don't feel like they would because he's such a star wars fan anyway yeah you, you feel and, like this is what he's been working towards the entire time yeah absolutely and he, he's like the um the clone palpatine of george Lucas, <laughs> kind of like that I'm just, I'm just but yeah so th- that's been really cool um but the Mandalorian storyline, or that Mandalorian arc, uh, how'd you guys feel? Just not really, you know, with it, with the other stuff, but just standalone, seeing how that was from uh, Mando's journey to the him getting cast out of the Mandalorians to now he's just man and not DeLorean. <laughs> and uh, all this stuff with Luke, Ahsoka, and everything else with Grogu. Uh, how'd you guys feel about that? I liked it. Uh, but then again, I'm just like, I've been a huge fan of the Mandalorian stuff since season one. So I just like to see, I liked seeing more of it. And also just like the places he went were super cool. Like that, the Halo space station, I thought was a super interesting thing that just like, it makes sense that you would maybe make a space station like that. Uh, but then also, yeah, like seeing that he, he found the Mandalorian culvert again and like, he couldn't lie to them. He was like, I have had my helmet removed or I I have removed my helmet for others. And they're like, okay, so if you want to be part of our gang again, 
go to be cleansed in the waters of Mandalore that's like buried under mountains of like rubble from the cities that were destroyed by the Empire. Like, so that maybe is a a setup for what he's going to try to do in season two or three. Um, so that was cool. I liked seeing Luke and like the start of his new Jedi uh, Academy and like Ahsoka being there a little bit too. I kind of wish there was a little bit more interaction between Ahsoka and Luke, but I mean, we had that I think one. Everyone did. There was that one line where it's like so much like your father or something like that. And it's just like, it's like a, is that an insult? Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know. Like I personally liked it, but we already mentioned that it, it did feel a little bit out of place. For sure. This is an interesting one because it started off strong in the first episode with the Mandalorian and then it had to win me over big time because I, I really dislike and this is a personal preference when they bring in things for the sake of oh I've seen that before uh you know mm-hmm. I think South Park uh, refers to it as the member berries yep um yep and you know Star Wars is full of them but it's kind of makes sense because if you're going to go to Tatooine of course you're going to see things that you've seen before so it's a nice balance you kind of have to strike but I love the dark saber training I love the Mandalorian the Vizsla family you know trying to get that saber back in his banishment but then the Naboo starfighter I was I was not sure about him like, of course it's like of course it has to be yeah. a ship we've seen already like it could have been something new and cool that did feel weird to you me. know but then they did it they actually made it work and that ship is so <laughs> sick the sound design the visuals like when it takes off i i was like this is this is great uh but man amy sedaris i i feel so sorry for her um, she wouldn't stop talking for like 10 minutes straight in that Naboo Starfighter sequence. Uh. And I I think she's a great, she's she's a phenomenal talent, but uh, that dialogue, it just wouldn't end. I'm like, give her little quips here and there, but she just wouldn't stop yeah, talking. Give a fuck a job yeah, before. Exactly. <laughs> I was like, I was like that, what? that's what? funny for like two seconds and then it just keeps coming back and you're like, okay. Uh, so that was the only part where they kind of had to win me over. But by the end when he like waves the little kid, and pushes the booster and you hear the beautiful like sound design mm. of that machine it's like i love this ship this is so cool um and then highway patrol and we have to talk about shows up. yeah right <laughs> those guys who were gonna get their own show but won't anymore um we got to talk about bd because bd is a big deal i don't know if it's been confirmed that that is the same bd unit that cal kestis has in fallen order but that's what literally everyone was doing the Leonardo DiCaprio like oh (laughs) I just assumed it was a BD right that's what I I thought it was an A we don't know that I was just like oh cool they're they're referencing a droid that we saw in a game that's cool we don't know that for sure because the interesting part is Mando's on Tatooine she doesn't have the BD droid he leaves comes back she has it well you know the live the actor for Cal Kestis could easily have shown up and left him there and dipped out and we can have our live action Fallen Order tie-in. And I, I, I want it hmm. very badly. So I'm hoping that's a teaser oh, yeah. for Cal Kestis because we need more Jedi for Luke Skywalker to train, you know? So I'll, I'll, I won't go too deep into that. But um, yeah, that was a pretty nice little tie-in there. It would be really I will go a little bit deeper on that actually really fast. Uh, sure. <laughs> because when you... It's funny when you say that because when you look at season two's ending of mandalorian when 
I, I couldn't help it. I wanted to see, I just wanted to like see how people reacted. I never re- usually watch reactions, but I watched one uh, for that episode. Right. And everyone's like, when they see, see the X-Men coming in, they hear like the, they see the hood and they're like, is it Ezra or Cal? Right. Yeah. Those were the two things people said. Right. And I'm like, damn, they didn't even say Luke. Exactly. Until they see the screensaver and then they're like, oh, but like. There's a new uh, generation of fans who really yeah. love those characters because they're well designed they're well fleshed out and there's a place for them in in this you know these tv shows i think very much so yeah it, it would also be interesting to see cal keston showed up because they they literally could just get that actor exactly to play the same character because they did the like facial capture and everything and i mean he was good in gotham yeah, I I didn't like that show. Yeah, but he was good. And he got played them. like three people. He was great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, you don't hire that guy unless you're going to use him in something, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, yeah, very much so. I also want to see Janina Ivankar show up as um, the the character from Aiden. Oh, Aiden that too. fucking yeah, Aiden Verso. Yeah, yeah, that'd be great. Yeah, they could fix that hopefully and be like, hey, remember that horrible thing we did about. <laughs> to this campaign oh god that was horrible um the what was it uh the bd unit they were very i love that they tease you because they never say his number right at all they're like we're yeah not gonna say it's the just number, one of those which, things where like if you recognize it you know it yeah and because the whole thing was uh for fallen order was it bd1 was that was it bd1 or was it something else i believe i believe it was like oh one yeah. yeah yeah i think so that sounds right so yeah it's very curious to see like oh my god if she just said the number it would have solved so many problems instantly like that would have but they knew they knew and they're like we're not gonna say the number right. and you're gonna wonder forever because who knows how long it's gonna take when you look at like kind of the roadmap they have for the other shows which we'll get to in a sec but um definitely for that uh otherwise yeah the first mando episode i thought was great and it was so interesting because I'm like, oh, we're finally getting to see him without Grogu. This is really cool. And I was honestly thinking like, okay, we're going to probably get more of that in season three then. Like that's going to be season three. It's more like this. We're just getting a mm, taste of it, yeah. of how that's going to be. And then, you know, by the end, they're like, oh, well, uh, I have to go see a little friend. And I'm like, are you actually going to do that next episode? <laughs> like, are you actually really going to do that? And then they're like, yeah, we're actually going to do that. Here we go. And <laughs> I didn't, I legitimately thought they weren't even going to show Luke. Cause the minute they get there and you see that you just see stuff building up and you see R2 there. And I'm thinking R2 is going to leave and come back with Grogu. And I'm like, okay, I guess that's a thing. And he's going to say, hi, how's it going? Here's your little chain mail. Bye. And then they're like, no, 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 no. We're going to do a completely different thing. Here's actually Luke for like 20 minutes. But because, uh, it's Luke for 20 minutes versus Luke for 20 seconds in Mandalorian season two. Like, I love Luke. Don't get me wrong. He's still like he, the season two reminded me why he is probably still my favorite character in star Wars besides certain, uh, Republic area troopers and like clones mm-hmm, and arc troopers mm-hmm. and stuff. Uh, seeing that they've done a great job from like when they had grand Moff Tarkin and Leia and stuff in rogue one, to hear now with the facial effects but then you're like well you know we saw him for two seconds in mandalorian season two he's just like all right bye see you guys and this time you're like 
can't do that much emotion. He's kind of stuck with what we got here. There's not much else they can right. do unless they just straight up get some. I'm like, I get it. I love that Mark Hamill is doing this. Just fucking get Sebastian Stan. Just yeah, do it. Yes. Just Someone with a full yeah. range would, would be nice. I agree. Um, it, it's interesting because he's like the stoic kind of personality. Uh, and it, it kind of seems like it's almost like he's acting on purpose that way. Like he's uncomfortable. I felt like he was uncomfortable, you know, training at this point still. He's not used oh, to yeah. doing it. So I can kind of justify the mannerisms that way, but you're right. It's like a technology limitation hitting it, unfortunately. The most gr- the most Luke part definitely was he goes like Grogu, and yeah. I'm like, there it is, <laughs> there he is. That that's what I was waiting to hear. Uh, but the interaction between him and Ahsoka, I n- honestly was never sure if I'd ever get to see that, right. and we did get it. And then they're like, all right, bye. And I'm like, no. <laughs> no this is fine we finally got it don't take this away but it makes you think like really fast like when do you think we'll see luke next probably like how are they i think it's going to take a while this time simply because if we're going to get an ahsoka show that this was kind of our indication she's not going to see him anymore because she's not a jedi right so Yeah. yeah her place isn't there with him uh so why would we see him again now that Grogu's gone? So I think they they kind of shot their shot, and now they're going to take their time getting that tech better because you can see the leap, like you said, like it was it was yeah. okay in Mando two, and now it's way better. Like when he turns his head, one of the whole elements of that deep fake technology is when people do quick motions, you can tell it's wrong. In that episode, you can't tell it's perfect when he's like quickly like moving his head and doing little eye movements and stuff like that. So they've really already started to get to the point where it's almost perfect. So give him another two years and Luke will you won't tell, you know, at that point. Yeah, that's like, like I was saying, like you put him away, you won't, you won't see him again for a couple of Christmas. <laughs> you're just like, oh, we're <laughs> back inside the closet. But definitely, I, I can agree with that easily. And uh the Naboo Starfighter, I think, it was very interesting because as a prequel person, like, you know, we grew up in the prequels. Right. That was our right. era out of everything. So, there, you know, there's a lot of love-hate there because, I mean, like, it's a whole thing. I think we, for those that don't know, we did an Up to It, Down to It episode. The very first one we did talk about the prequels. And it was a very, very interesting talk. But uh, when you look back at that, uh, you know, you can watch those movies again now. And, you know, you think certain things are fucking hilarious you're like oh this is a joke even though it's not supposed to be a joke but it's one of those things i've always said where like at least it does something on its own it's not trying to be what we already got and that's what that was one of the biggest strengths it had and there was so much in it there was so much in it that was amazing that we never got to really utilize because unfortunately george lucas had a lot of yes men so there was no full control there and we're getting glimpses of that in the best possible fashion. Like, I mean, obviously the best part was the Clone Wars micro series, or I guess that was during it, but I guess the, the full on Clone Wars animated series that we got was a showing saying, Hey, the prequels could be really cool. We just need to do them right. Right. We need more time. And you'll see that. Yeah. We need to see that whole world unfold. And here we see Grogu's flashback, which one we see the, uh, sacking of the Jedi temple. Mm -hmm. And, you it looks phenomenal i'm like oh my god this is amazing looking it's not even old stock footage this is new this is amazing i i I want more of this i got so excited i like i think 
you know, Luke freaked me out when we see him in Mandalorian season two. Like my whole mind, my world was blown. It was destroyed. It, like fucking all wrong. <laughs> this was like the equivalent in the Boba Fett. Like out of everything we saw in Boba Fett, which you know, I think I legitimately they show Luke. I was eating a sandwich. I started. I almost spit my sandwich out. <laughs> uh, the minute they show Ahsoka, I didn't even know. I was like, oh, cool, we're done. I was drinking something. I started choking <laughs> and water was like falling. I was like, oh my God, I'm going to die. Killed this man. <laughs> Legitimately. And I'm just like, I'm not going to have anything else because thank God, once they showed the clones, I was like, oh my God, they're going to try to fucking murder me here. <laughs> but th- they showed that and that was amazing. And then the Naboo Starfighter, you look at it and you're just like, looking back and you're thinking, did I like the Naboo Starfighter? Or did I not like the Naboo Starfighter? I don't remember anymore. And I'm like thinking back to it. And I'm like, I think I did. At least, you know, six-year-old me enjoyed it a lot for what it was. But it never held up to like the classic X-Wing. The minute they do the full, hey, we're going to pimp my ride. And it's going to be really dope. That was the coolest shit. And like you said, like as a sound designer, listening to the to it per was so fucking good. I, I was losing my mind. I'm like, oh, this is this is great. This is so good. And you see, you know, space cops come in and they're like, hey, we're gonna need to see your license registration. He's like, uh, peace. <laughs> How'd you go light speed? He's not going light speed. He's just going wicked fast. That that is the coolest thing. We never really seen that speed that's not light speed mm-hmm. which is really fucking cool and kind of builds the persona of the mandalorian because you know that character he's named the mandalorian and you think like well there's so many others and the, his name is mando as a nickname and you know we'll get to it soon but like season three he's going back to mandalore and the title of the leader of mandalore is like the mandalore and it's like well you know he has to become the leader now because otherwise why else would they call him the mandalorian at that certain point in time like he it's something that he has to right, be right it's been teased this entire gonna... time is mm-hmm. yeah so th- that's just been a whole thing there and then finally sorry that took so long final arc uh the modern arc where it's the you know syndicate war boba fett taking over jabba's palace and maintaining mos Espa with the pikes and everything else uh how is that for everybody hmm I think it like it took a long time to build up to the final confrontation, but I I personally thought that like this last episode was one of some of the coolest Star Wars I've seen in years. I mean, just like the fact that they wrapped in so many things from like this season and like other stuff too uh, to this last episode, I thought it was super cool. Like I don't know why, but like the uh, culminating with the uh, the Rancor, like just wiping out those. Um, I don't even know what to call them, like super destroyer droids. They're like new, they're new, so they're yeah. I, I mean, we don't really know what they're called yet. I mean, they definitely seemed reminiscent of the of the destroyer droids, right? Uh, just like without the rolling and like the shields. Like, I mean, you talk about sound design. Like the fact that those shields sounded like the the old shields was like yeah. so nostalgic to me. Uh, I don't know. I I think I mentioned earlier. Like, I liked the modern storyline. It just took a long. It felt like a long wind up to get to the point of it all and yeah it just felt a little bit i don't want to say anticlimactic because it was entertaining as all, all hell but like it just felt a little weird at the end when uh boba is just like walking through the streets and everyone is like uh revering him now i guess i don't know it felt cool but it also just was like didn't feel like it fit 
the badass that we were supposed to see Boba to be. But I don't know. That's not what he's trying to be anymore, though. That's the thing. I think you bring up a good point there. It made me think that they keep mentioning, oh, the spice traders are like ruining our way of life here in Tatooine. But we never really get to see how that's happening. So I think that would have hit harder that they were more grateful if we got to see the Pike Syndicate like beating people in the street or like executing people or like yeah. taking their shops over to sell spice or people getting addicted to it. And then it's like, Maybe oh, that's what I was missing. Right. Yeah. And, and I really didn't think about that until right now hearing you say that. And because I, I, I agree on a lot of points, it's like a cool it, 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 the action was neat. The story was like admirable. They're trying to tell with this kind of underworld stuff. But I, I just had to believe when they said we're so grateful to you and everything's been bad. It's like, it looks pretty good to me. Like tattooing looks nice now. <laughs> like, you know, so I don't know if, is it really that bad? You know, we just kind of had to yeah. take everybody's word for it, unfortunately. Yeah. I mean, it, the whole thing, it sounded like where they wanted to expand and like the whole thing with like Freetown and stuff, we see what uh, Cobb Vanth is doing and potentially it could get worse. And yeah, we don't really see anything else besides that really that one time of them going into his territory or pretty much with the sand people yeah. like the whole thing it's like how does it impact at least the sand people although well, there's a train that rides by every day and fucking shoots everyone <laughs> it's like oh shit like that was the that was for sure at least showing like oh that's what the spice trade does um at least to them not to the urban environment but to the rural environment uh so we, we at least got one side of it but just not pretty much yeah like you say but like of the urban like of the cities what happens with those mm -hmm. and how does that affect everything else um the cool thing i really enjoyed was like the whole you know uh java ruled out of fear rule out of respect and we see that as it goes yeah. through like each episode it starts with the gamorians and he's like hey you failed to protect me or you failed to protect java but i mean obviously you know how you the fuck are you gonna stop luke skywalker <laughs> yeah. but like uh you can work for me, reclaim your honor. And they're like, cool, you know, until you get pushed off a cliff and die, no one gives a shit after you die, but whatever. Uh, that was so fucking random, the way they died, by the way, though. I was just like, oh, okay, is that is that it for the Gamorreans? There's no more Gamorreans. Oh, yeah, like, I, sad, I forgot. <laughs> that, that did suck. Yeah, because yeah, I started to shit. really like them. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it sucked, too. They didn't even have their little coats anymore, either. They were just naked. And I was like, where, yo, man, it's hot coats? in the desert. <laughs> Oh. that's true they're, they're a different kind yeah. of you know true 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 uh but we see it first with the gamorians and then he gains which you know this is the first time we Ooh, get them the wookie in... too yeah dude yeah, i love that chrysanthemum yeah one of the uh, highlights of the entire show absolutely for sure okay, such and a badass. like he he gains someone we've never seen in the star wars universe he gets millennials <laughs> oh and yeah we finally get millennials it's like yo out of work millennials you know you guys went to college the, your degrees aren't work. like what are you guys doing and it's like there's no water here and it's like oh, okay yeah well come work for me I, and you got your fucking i did like that bikes. though that they, he was just like stop stealing from this guy it's like well what are we supposed to do there's no work here like work for me like that's a good solution that, that's yeah. actually pretty smart and i also loved their like multicolored like themed uh, like vespa things i think that was that was a i could be wrong but wasn't that like a george lucas tribute there was it 
Did he did I he like, like Vespas? Was... I know he likes really nice cars. <laughs> like he has many McLarens and stuff like that. So. Oh, I did not know that. I've, that's why I felt like that was why it was like the multicolor. Up. Um, yeah. Yeah. Mm. It like it gave me at, for you know I know some people were like go go Power Rangers but that's, all I was thinking it, <laughs> it could be because I watched it last year but I was just thinking American Graffiti oh personally. that's true yeah yeah, yeah totally okay. yeah that's what I was Mills that's Diner and all, that. all that was was running through my head I was like oh my god and they got their little watering hole they all hang out at and I'm like yeah this is this is very American Graffiti and also Power Rangers but very American Graffiti um, and. Yeah, millennial. It's just funny having millennial. Like, I don't even want to call them anything else. I'm just like, yeah, these are the millennials. <laughs> Boba Fett's gathering an army. He's got Gamorreans, millennials, Wookies, and other things like that. Angry it's children. like, oh yeah, those all go together. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but the chrysanthemum, uh, he, I, I haven't read them, but he's supposed to be from the Star Wars comics. Yes. Like, I think he shows up in Doctor Aphra, yes. uh, which was written by Karen Gillan, and amazing author, by the way. That's why I still need to read all that shit. Um. He's supposed to be like the rival to Boba Fett where they've actually gone against each other apparently multiple times. I think mm. during the original trilogy, I could be wrong, but uh, that's what I heard at least. And, you know, he's the first of many. We get so many cameos in this season from like Ahsoka, Luke, um, Chris Anthem, the fucking cowboy, like angel eyes, good, the bad, the ugly himself mm-hmm. cad bane shows up and i did not you know to see cad bane in anything with clone wars the minute he shows up in freetown like you see the outline yeah the minute yeah. you see the hat i'm like they didn't make him live action yelling. did they make him live <laughs> action i was losing my mind and i'm like you know he's like showing up there and i'm like ah cobb is fucking dead this oh, like yeah. he didn't even de- like before he even shot the minute he just shows up i'm like oh he's fucked like there's no way yeah. Anyone, from what we've seen, at least in Clone Wars and everything else, even in when you watch Bad Batch, I think um, what's his face? Who's the who's the leader? I forget what his name is. Rambo um, Hunter. Yeah, Hunter. Yeah, Hunter Rambo. Either <laughs> one works. Uh, he goes up against Cad Bane, and I'm like, oh, I actually want to see who'd win. Cad Bane wins, and I'm like, oh, okay, well there you go. The uh, Hunter doesn't even stand a chance with them. Yeah. That's crazy. And the only ones you've seen beat Cad Bane. Has just been Jedi, yeah. but even then, like you have to be. A even Jedi. then, they got a lot of trouble. Like it, it was, mm-hmm. it wasn't yeah. easy. And I love that about him is that he's just like, I've been doing this so long. Your stupid magic is barely going to help yeah. you out of this. Even they had to torture the shit out of his head with the Force to get him to tell them what he need. Like from the interrogation, I remember it was like borderline torture. Didn't they need like when they three were Jedi that. to work on yes. this? Yeah. Three, yeah, it was that was so fucking cool. But like, uh, he in a time where you know we all perceive Boba Fett as the silent, unbeatable guy, besides just getting hit in the back and thrown into a pit. Hmm. Uh, Cad Bane comes in. And he's like that spiritual successor. Where it's like, well, what if we had Boba Fett? But he's a cowboy, and he talks. But when he talks, he has meaning to his words. Like everything he says has like it means. There's he doesn't talk for. He talks for a specific reason. He doesn't do it for just to talk. Right. Yeah. And he... I feel like we've seen him so much throughout the Clone Wars in Bad Batch. Um, I feel like he's been in other stuff. I don't really remember what else. But enough where he's gone through so many things, he feels... I can't remember if he showed up in Rebels. 
I don't think he was in. Was he? I don't think he was. I can't in think of it. The time that he was I don't think he was. Yeah. But um, looking at like he feels unkillable. Like he he he's, survives he's definitely every not single dead thing now either. Yeah. We'll see. Yeah. Uh, uh, he had like, a little he, beeper on his chest. Why would they linger on uh, the little beeper uh, on his chest? If you it, if you look true. at the spike, it's only like you know three it inches deep. deep. Yeah, I I watched yeah. it again to check. And I'm like, oh, he's not dead. He definitely just rolled away. You know who that's beeping to, right? Oh, uh, that's uh, his fucking droid buddy. Yeah. That's why he's like, oh, yeah. Cad Bane, I'm here oh, to yeah. assist you. Fucking Dude. shit. I love yeah. that they acknowledge the history between uh, Cad Bane and Boba as well. Yeah, and and then yeah, Boba's it's... like, "You're an old man." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because Cad Bane was wasn't he rivals before that with Jango Fett? Yeah, he already. knew him when he when Boba was like a kid, like before he even yeah. had his armor. I believe he's also like an alien that has like long ass fucking life. I, I believe too, he so. trains Boba Fett, but that was in an unreleased season of Clone Wars that you there's a whole season that you can watch animatics for. So it, I guess this is Filoni going. It's canon, by the way. That story that I wrote because ah. I'm pretty sure Cad Bane shoots Boba Fett in the head. I might be wrong here in the helmet and leaves him for dead as a kid and then this is the next time they see each other after that that big dent in his helmet i believe was cad bane in this unreleased story oh that'd be so cool so that whole exchange it's a testament to the writing because even if you didn't know all this stuff it was so good but the fact that filoni was like yeah it's all real okay that's actually what happened maybe we'll get to see that someday you never know I even like that, that awesome. even if you don't know all that, like you could just a- at least assume that like, oh, they're both bounty hunters. Right. They make sense that they would have you know, run into each other at some point. All the other, time. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And like the whole thing with that was in Clone Wars, Boba Fett's in like two different things. One was uh, the he ambushes Mace Windu and Anakin because he's like, you killed yeah. my father, prepare mm-hmm. to die. And then wasn't the other one? He has a whole bounty hunter team. Yeah. Like he gets to lead a team, and he's just like a little kid still. Mm-hmm. Uh, I forget who, who who followed him, but yeah, um, yeah. Wasn't it the bounty hunters that were working with the Jedi for a bit? Like they helped protect the town. I don't remember. Or I just remember him showing up at some point, and it uh, and me going like, "Oh, cool! I guess Boba was like a bounty hunter for a while, like even when he was a kid." Yeah. I think one thing I, I was sad about not seeing was, you know, of course, this being we see two big bounty hunters, but they're like more of the post like Clone Wars and Disney Star Wars and stuff. We don't get the classics. We don't get Street Mummy and Janitor Lizard. Where's uh, Dengar and Bosk? Like, like, I, I wish we got to see them at a certain point because I don't I, f- I feel like that. I mean, that's also more potential season two stuff. But, yeah, maybe some other time. Yeah. Uh, one last uh thing with it too was you know that final fight was crazy and mm-hmm. also danny trejo is now officially in star wars which is also fantastic. <laughs> Amazing. that was so that funny was, <laughs> he, that, that he seems like he like the perfect person to cast for a rancor trainer yeah i i do think the boba fett riding the rancor reminded me a lot of the i don't i don't remember seeing the animated version but the ralph mcquarrie concept of boba fett riding was it the mythosaur um I don't know. he he rides like some creature and it just reminded me of that because it's like he's done that before not like the uh not the bantha but uh he's ridden creatures and it always seemed like a cool thing because it's like this western looking character who's just like on the equivalent of a horse but it could probably kill you also yeah. um 
that was really amazing to watch uh personally but uh did you guys have anything else for this arc Nah, i think overall i i enjoyed this entire season it's just maybe with the very separate storylines of like the sand people the mandalorian and then the boba fett story itself like it might feel a little bit disjointed but yeah i still overall enjoyed my time watching it for sure okay i have to say as well it the whole thing felt weird and experimental in a way that i really enjoyed and while i've said it before it didn't always land it it's a nice indication of where we can go with these stories so i'm very happy to see it's like okay mandalorian is going to be tight everything is going to be fleshed out and then these side stories can be a little more strange um i want to bring up one more thing connections are also key i think now in this franchise uh naboo starfighter has to be obi-wan's i i I honestly believe that's going to be a big element is that's where it comes from is he flies it to oh. Tatooine, and that's why it's sitting there in the desert. And then the Jawas. Pick I didn't it up. even think of that. Wait, did he? I think he's going to. I think this show is going to start bridging a lot of things together. Uh, and you know, Cad Bane showing up, I don't think is a mistake as well. It is- Ezra and you know, Soka. There's a lot of things yeah, here yeah. that I think we can start to see, and Obi Wan's going to tie them together, and I'm excited for that. Did um, did Obi Wan take? Wait, so, uh, I mean, for sure, that was Padme's Naboo Starfighter, right? No, I, what I think... I'm saying is because he was so friendly with the people of Naboo, uh, you know, because he knew Padme personally, when he was being hunted down, this is my own theory, I think he goes there, he hijacks one of those ships because they say it's like this custom machine that can go into hyperspace without, you know, any help for long distances, yeah. which X-Wings can do too but not even as much as these Naboo starfighters could. So it's the mm-hmm. perfect ship to get away in and try to flee, uh, you know, from the Inquisitors that are trying to hunt him down. Oh, that yeah, I mean, that was the whole selling point that the mechanic had of, like, this thing can go light speed without yeah. a uh, yeah. docking ring. Which, I mean, that's our next Star Wars show is Obi-Wan is going to be May 25th, mm-hmm. which uh, I, was, I was shocked. I was thinking it was like May 4th. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, which I, I think it's not May 4th because uh, I don't think I don't know if Moon Knight will last that long but I always I feel like there's potentially either that or a different Marvel show might be like finishing off at that point and then they're like well you know th- you know they have something constantly exactly, going exactly. to keep something so it's like either Moon Knight or something else that's going to be taking majority of May which is why Obi-Wan starts at the at the end there and not the beginning it's also like the anniversary of New Hope coming out I believe the, the, oh, it's day, day it's the okay. same day so it's like 40 or i i can't remember oh, 20 20 years of lord of the rings and 40 years I know, of right? what a great time <laughs> uh and then uh it'll be one you know we're gonna get more of tattooing so see more of tattooing and then uh potentially yeah other planets because they did say anakin will be there yeah. uh or darth vader will be there and i doubt he'll be on tattooing so i'm assuming yeah, it'll be some other locations for sure. And then uh, Ahsoka, we get the hints there. And we already knew, like, it. you could tell by the end of Rebels. It's like, Ahsoka is going to go with Sabine, and they already cast Sabine. Yeah. So it's very much like, oh, we're getting Thrawn, and they just cast Thrawn, I believe. I haven't looked who it is, but I'm pretty sure they got him. And Ezra. And we're going to get, finally, that follow-up of what, where, this, where did the space whales take you guys? <laughs> yeah. And, uh, like, what's going on there? And Mandalorian Season 3. 
I predicted this at the end of Mandalorian season two, which was he's going to go to Mandalore and do some shit there and probably reclaim things. And this seems like that's the start of it for sure. We'll get the, uh, we'll get Bo-Katan and them in it. And I'm sure we'll get more of the Smith and whatnot. Uh, but I- I'm imagining a lot more potential politics in this one, uh, just as a guess. And, uh, did you guys have anything on those before? Just one of the final thing was just potentially a season two of Boba Fett, but anything on Obi-Wan, Ahsoka, uh, Mandalorian season three? Nah, not really. Just, I guess, as with everything, I am interested to see what happens going forward, but uh, I don't know. Like you said, there's it seems like Disney always has something going on at any given time, so it's hard to be sure. like super excited for everything. It's just like, yeah, I'll, I'll give it a watch. <laughs> Yeah, for me, the, yeah, I feel. sorry, the for me, the big thing that I'm looking for out of Obi-Wan, I honestly don't care what kind of story they tell. I just need a single episode that's almost entirely a Clone Wars flashback in live action. If they're going to get Hayden, we need to see them both wearing the armor in their costumes uh. and they need to have a little adventure. And I'm saying, you know, Cad Bane could show up because now they got the actor and the makeup and it's all set up. Why not? have a little side story where you just kind of show their relationship because I think there's a lot of people who still don't see the animation as fully like for adults or fully canon even though it is so the more they start to pull these things in from the animated shows the more people will go well I should probably just watch those because it's the same people working on them or who made them and yeah I get I have to suffer through the Jar Jar episode but there's so much (laughs) good stuff there you know kind of legitimizes it and I feel like a lot of things fall in order you know, the games, the novels have started to legitimize Rebels and Clone Wars in a way that is really solid. So I l- hope let, let's fingers crossed. That's my only thing that I want. <laughs> Live action Rex and Cody. Yes, please. In oh, fact, my God. OK. Tamara Morrison's just yep. doing the voiceover and it's just, oh, my God. No, he can well, lend his likeness. I mean, they're going to be using the de-aging. The de-aging thing yeah. we've already seen in Marvel films That's is true. so good because it's, it's all the, been leading to this. It's the actual actor. So now you've got Cad Bane, you've got Tamora being all the clones and voicing them, and you've got Obi-Wan Hayden. Come on, you know? I can imagine that just the credits of that episode just says, like, uh, Ewan McGregor, Hayden Christensen, Tamara Morrison, Tamara Morrison, Tamara Morrison, <laughs> Tamara Morrison. <laughs> just like, yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> it'd be great. I want this so um, bad now. Right? And then uh, speaking of Mandalorian, I mean, uh, Boba Fett season two, like we're looking at, of course, a very long roadmap here because, okay, we once in May. I'm pretty sure Andor is going to come out by the end of this year. Yeah. Uh, finally getting that Rogue One prequel. I forgot about and that. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, we're expecting Ahsoka, which is getting a lot of casting, so that could potentially be 2023, uh, Mandalorian Season 3, and then we still have Lando, we still have Acolyte, uh, the Bad Batch Season 2, so there's a lot of stuff, not to mention all the other Marvel stuff they're still doing, so each of these takes turns and how long this is going to take. Right. Like, we don't even know how many, will it be, like, two years or something before Mandalorian Season 3? Like, it's it's all these questions, and... Uh, for Book of Boba Fett, do you guys see a season two potentially happening? I don't. I don't think they're going to do one. Yeah. Uh, just because I think Boba Fett is now a character that they can use in the universe. They fleshed him out. They gave him his little backstory. It's now canon. You know, he's alive and who he is. So now, just like with Mandalorian being pulled into his show, he's going to be pulled into all the other shows, I think. 
Yeah, okay. I, I agree. It, this felt like it was like a one shot, one off, like side story thing. And yeah, now, now that people are more familiar with this version of the character, they could just bring him into cameo into future movies if they want to do that. Or yeah, Mando season three or Ahsoka, like anything like they, I, it makes more sense to just, if they're going to bring Boba back in another, at another time, it would be as a cameo. And I, I would not be against a, a, a book of Boba Fett season two. I just think it's not super likely. Okay. I, would like to see a season two, but it's only because of the bounty hunter aspect of everything. Mm. Uh, not necessarily uh, his. I mean, I, I would like to see more of his growth on Tatooine just to see the progress being made. I mean, it'll be cool to see like other, you know, Mandalorian, other characters come back. And each time they come back, you see more development and you see more happening. But also like, you know, Cobb Vanth becoming a Cyberman. <laughs> uh, he's yeah. also they're turning him into a millennial, which is crazy. I can't believe they could do that. Wow. But uh <laughs> The other bounty hunters, like like I was saying, Dengar, Bosk, uh, Forlum, Zuckus, uh, and all those guys, like IG. I mean, I don't know. We well, did no, get to see a N I G unit in Mandalorian. IG four. It was IG eleven, yeah. right? That's true. Yeah. Yeah. Which eighty eight is, of course, you know, the famous one. 80, yeah, and I don't know if they wiped out all of his copies yet, because I mean, you do that, you fight one of them as Dash Rendar and like Shadows of the Empire and mm-hmm. stuff. But like, uh, God, it was a fun boss fight. But like. All these bounty hunters, I'm pretty sure, are alive. I haven't read that whole War of the Bounty Hunters shit. I don't, you know, like I said, I don't read the Marvel Star Wars stuff. But uh, just seeing potentially like Dengar, uh, in Clone Wars, he was voiced by Simon Pegg. And just imagining, yo, oh you my could gosh. <laughs> get Simon Pegg to play him in real life. That'd be, great. That'd be fantastic. And... He, like he, of all the bounty hunters, I'm pretty sure he is the closest relationship to Boba Fett. It's uh, him and Bosk. And, yeah. yeah, and like they, they just to see that kind of stuff, that would be so much fun because they're all feared and all are known for certain things. And just to see that kind of expansion, which you know, if they don't do it in Boba Fett, I'm very curious as to where then they would show up. Would it be Mandalorian season three or something like that? Would it be like, uh, oh hey, you know? Uh, the Imperials are still out there and they're going like, actually, you know what? Mainline season three, you know what I'm, I think is going to happen? Uh, Moff Gideon is going to be part of the Republic Absolutely. or part of yeah. the, he's going to be like, oh yeah, I'm, I work for I'm them now until I won't. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, so I just want to see what they can do with the other bounty hunters and where they would show up. And that's the only reason that's the main reason I'd want a season two. But if not, I just want to know where and when uh, we finally get to see them again, if they're still alive. And if they're not alive, where did they die? Like, give us that at least, too. Um, whether it's comics or something, I'm not sure. But, all right. I think that... Oh, last thing. The theme for Boba Fett was pretty fucking awesome. Yes, sir. Mm-hmm. Can we... Okay, I, I'm no. glad you brought this up because a lot of people came up to me and said, man, I really disliked the version at the end of the show. And I'm like... Or they say why? Because and I think this is something that's just like you either have heard of this before or you haven't. But to me, I always saw it as a drinking song, mm-hmm. so that at the end, when they actually say his name, it's like they're no longer singing their little sea shanty, their little their little pub song. They're singing a song to him. He's become legend in this town, and that's a mm-hmm. song. Yeah, and and, and I kind of got that key cue from 
at Galaxy's Edge in Oga's Cantina, there's a drinking song there that you can sing along with. I won't say too much because I I want people to to experience it for themselves. But there's a little like t- um little Easter egg within that drinking song. It's very funny. And I don't know if I heard it when I was there. I, I know. It's actually very hard to hear all the music when you're there for one session, which is really interesting as well. I, we, we can talk about that some other time. Galaxy's Edge is a whole yeah. <laughs> incredible it's thing. So but yeah, so yeah. when they started seeing his, I can, you know, envision in my head, they're clanking their mugs together and like, oh, Boba Fett saved me, even though the Ranker blew up my whole fruit stand. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Um, the King Kong Ranker. Yeah, so that, I loved it. Yeah, very much so. God, I, it's it is something I could listen to on my own. Too. Absolutely, like the, that's what these themes have been doing. Like Mandalorian's theme is phenomenal, to say the least. It's like it brings the Ennio Morricone vibes. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, each time I listen to it, uh, and this is a different version. It it, it actually brings. Um, I don't know. The vocals remind me of like what kind of background it has, but it definitely gives me vibes of something. I just don't know what it is, uh, but it's great either way. But either way. Uh, that has been our talk on the book of Boba Fett. Andreas, thank you so much for joining thank us. Thank you guys. I really appreciate it. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed myself. I can talk about Star Wars for, for days and hours. <laughs> I bet. And of course, uh, this is Sutra Side Talk. It is available on all podcast platforms. If you can subscribe on whatever you're listening to, if it's Apple Podcasts, give us a five-star review. If it's Spotify, just uh, rate us on there because those ratings are available there now. And of course, we're doing this on video too, so it's on YouTube. So if you can like and subscribe, that would be fantastic. Uh, we're also on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok, at Talk. TikTok coming eventually. I'll let you guys know when it's back up and going. Uh, you could follow James on Twitter and InvaderJim124. You could follow me on Twitter at GogoComzilla. Andreas, is there anywhere people you, you would want people to follow you? I'm at? an enigma. <laughs> gotcha. All right. Just checking. And, uh, of course, we'll be back next week with Demon Slayer, the Entertainment District. And I think the week after will be a Ted Lasso, Rick and Morty episode. Uh, I'm going to try to get people on for Demon Slayer, one or two, maybe. We'll see, because I know a lot of people watch it, so we'll see what can happen. No promises, of course, though. Uh, But until then, we will catch you guys next week. So long. Thanks for listening.